It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Did you know that tens of thousands of German businesses already use Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform that allows you to start, run and grow your business? With Shopify, you can set up your online shop in a breeze. No coding or design skills required. Try Shopify for free and present your business idea to the world. Visit shopify.de slash podcast 23. Yo, welcome back. Separate bedrooms. Very exciting today. I'm making one of my favorite dishes. I used to make this shit all the time after school because I was a prep cook at my dad's restaurant, Coco's Floribian Grill. And for people that don't know, Floribian cuisine is one of the truly American cuisines. It came out of like the merger of Caribbean food, Cubans in Miami, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans in Florida, Haitians, Jamaicans, and Southern American cooking. And then just like Florida regional coastal cooking. And um, it's probably my favorite regional American cuisine. And when we sit down and we eat, you know, wifey and I, we're going to talk about other American regional foods, because I think regional American cuisine is just something to highlight and preserve and show love. But um, what we're doing here is a pecan crusted wild Atlantic cod. Grouper was very hard to get in LA and the best fish I saw at the market was cod. So I went cod. We're doing a spicy mango salsa with my mom's homemade fermented chili. That is a sriracha replacement. We will talk about that when we get there. And then we also have coconut rice, all right? And I'm gonna tell you my coconut rice recipe. We sent a screenshot to Craig, who's gonna insert it. But basically, I take a Hainan chicken technique to my coconut rice. I take coconut oil, and like if I have shredded coconut, a little bit of shredded coconut, toast that with raw rice. Toast your raw rice in there very quickly. Just get it like hot and toasty, maybe a little translucent, no more than like 15 seconds in hot oil. Remove from the pan, put it in the rice cooker. I hit it with a touch of agave and chicken stock, all right? So I get a chicken stock, coconut rice, very beautiful. It's because of the chicken stock, it anchors it and it has a little bit of a bone broth base and it's not so like fruity and sugary forward, but it still has like really nice notes of coconut. So that's your coconut rice. Here, I've cut the fish into three pieces for me, wifey, and Julius, right? I have seasoned it with salt, 
black pepper, and I like this Jezebel spicy spice. All right. <laughs> Jezebel. Jezebel spicy spice. <laughs> I also just love in old films when people call hoes Jezebel. Yeah, I'm like that shit is incredible. Yeah. So this is a whorish spicy yeah, spice. Yeah, you're a siren, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like you can use any spicy spice you want. You can use any Creole seasoning, but like uh, you want to season the fish. The idea is kind of like with Floribian fish and cuisine, a lot of it leans into like Cajun or blackened or Creole seasoning. So whatever you want to do, hit your fish with a little bit of that. Mayo. Again, we got that Jezebel spicy spice, salt, black pepper, mayo. Mixing this up, seasoning it. You guys know if I have like hot pepper, I'm usually going to put a little agave in there. I always like to balance chili with sweetness and acid. You're going to get the acid later from the mango salsa. But this is our mayonnaise mixture. All right. Whip it up. Mix it in. I hand pounded pecans. Pause. <laughs> that sounds fucking wild. I got gluten-free panko. All right, add the panko in, add the pecan. I got some bricks of pecan in there. I love any nut-crusted protein, pause, but it's delicious. Like, <laughs> babe, have you had like pecan-crusted chicken, pecan-crusted? No. Fit? No, okay, This is good. very this new is to me. First. Julius, what about you? Yeah, you knew a nut crust. You got some nut crust? I mean, I've had some nut crust, but yeah. like, not on you fish. You fool of nut crust. There's evidence yep. that that has that has happened here. I gotta give wifey credit too, because like, I don't have other like Florida homies out here to be doing this stuff. And it's, it's funny when I introduce Florida food to people, it always looks like goofy infusion to them. And I'm like, no, this shit's fire. But wifey was the one that wanted to go watch a movie and eat at Margaritaville. And the Margaritaville coconut shrimp just brought me back to my childhood. Yeah. And that is why we are highlighting Floribian cuisine for you today. No, I used to order coconut shrimp a lot as a kid. Oh, word. Well, because I was a... <laughs> so as a baby, my mom and dad would feed me like really... Like they would give me lobster. Yeah. Like way before you're supposed to introduce this to a child. Mm-hmm. And so I would eat everything and anything. And then I think when I was probably around two, I started having severe allergic reactions to shrimp. Oh, wow. And so I had been told that my whole life. Like they would be like, you're allergic to shrimp. You're allergic to shrimp. And I outgrew a lot of my allergies. Like I outgrew asthma. I outgrew being allergic to shrimp. Mm -hmm. And I was, but I was scared to eat it because I just remember them telling me like, you're allergic, don't eat it. Yeah. So my like entryway back into seafood Coconut was shrimp. Was coconut shrimp. That's fly. Because even we would go out to dinner, and I remember we would go to this place, Cafe Molise. Uh-huh. Like one, like we would we were there all the time. And they would always order a fried calamari. And my mom told me it was ocean chicken. <laughs> and we were at a dinner one night, and my brother came up to me and he goes, It's fish. Like you're eating fish. And I had like a full meltdown. I was like, oh my God, no, like I can't eat fish. Like it's, it grosses me out. I'm like so scared of it. And then I had to turn to coconut shrimp to like get me back into it. it when I was like 12. Coconut shrimp is a treat, you know, yeah. like nobody it's dislikes naughty. it. It's yeah. so naughty and like fun. Yeah. It's like the buffalo wing of the ocean to me. Yeah. It's like coconut shrimp. Yeah. And it's funny now because like 
it's funny to hear your mom tricking you into eating when now your mom eats like nothing. Yeah. I mean, Here you go. <laughs> for sure. All right. When you batter this, you want to really cover it in this like nut crusted concoction here. It needs to be like this. It's quite heavy. Very nice. Full coverage nut. Full coverage. <laughs> you want the full fucking coverage here. And what do you want the consistency of like your nut paste to be? Like it looks a little thick, right? It's it's a little bit thick. It's very thick. So like, I mean, this is like a lot of nut. Mm-hmm. But you need it like that. You need a lot of nut. You need a lot of nut. And to be honest, I wish I had done more. I put so much in here. Do but you want me to nah, um, pound some more nut nah, for you? Nah, we good. You don't need to be pounding any nuts. <laughs> okay. But it's cool. So there, do you feel like you can get Floribrian cuisine in LA? Like, is there any spots you're like, this is it? You know, you can, no, honestly, there's, there, Margaritaville is the only one. It's straight up Margaritaville because you could go, I mean, okay, like tiki restaurants sometimes uh -huh. hit the spot in a way, like Floribian cuisine is similar to like Hawaiian cuisine at times. Yeah. And like, you'll get some like barbecue ribs and a fish and things mm -hmm. like that, or a fish sandwich that's yeah. nice. Like. You know, but no, there's no Floribian cuisine. Like El Cochinito has certain things because it's a Cuban restaurant yeah. that you may want. But like, I don't know anywhere to get a good conch fritter out here. Yeah, I don't know anywhere to get like any of that stuff. I'm going to very quickly make a little bit more batter. And this will be cool for people to see anyway. So Yeah, like making the batter. It's not even a bad thing to do this. Even in New York, there was none. Like Bahama Breeze is another franchise I've that never does Floribian cuisine. Yeah. But really, besides the spots like in Florida, yeah, you rarely get Floribian cuisine outside of Margaritaville. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, yeah, Bahama Breeze. Or like yeah. there's certain like island franchises, like island restaurants. I was going to say, there's that, where is it? Like Glendale or... When we went to the movies, yeah, and I there think was in that, Glendale, Burbank, there's like yeah, a couple. there was something called like Island something. We didn't go, but I I was kind of like, I was kind of hoping we'd make a stop in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny we've talked about this before, because when I was a kid, I would I went to Florida a lot as a kid, and I just remember ordering ribs everywhere. I have so many photos. I wish I could find it. I have a photo of me just like eating a whole rack of ribs with like sauce all over my face. I have like multiple photos of that. Florida, like, and this is the funny thing. I remember when I was a kid, I loved ribs and I would go to like Pineapple Willies, like Panama yeah. City got like fire Floribian cuisine, like Pineapple Willies is cool. Yeah. Um, St. Bart's, like in St. Bart's, like Shane took me to a place that yeah. had like, the basically like the Jimmy Buffett cheeseburger in paradise with a pina colada and Ooh. shit like that. That's also very Floribian. Like Floribian restaurant will always have like an amazing cheeseburger, an amazing margarita, yeah. amazing pina colada. It's like Florida tiki, but with a Caribbean kind of, influence. I kind of can't wait to go to Florida with you. Yo, I, I and, like I have a drink yeah. and eat a grouper sandwich. I, I, I like, 
you know, growing up in Florida was hard because it was so monocultural. Like yeah. there's very few people that are at, in my age, in the 90s growing up, that were in the subculture. Yeah. And so I just wanted to leave Florida. But once I left, I'm like, yo, our kind of like dominant mainstream monoculture in Florida is alien to everyone else. So. For sure. You know, like. You also caught like such a weird, not weird time, but like an interesting time in Florida. I feel like mm -hmm. there really wasn't much going on there from what you tell me like we'll be driving like when we took a drive um kind of like into california and there's you hit like desert in california a lot where there's not much going on and you're like this reminds me of where i grew up and i'm like yeah. so foreign to me like i grew up in a city yeah i never drove on a road where there was nothing around yep so it feels like disney came built the city up and you were there kind of for that we were there, that, like, like, we got there around, like, 90. Yeah. And it was, like, there were still orange groves everywhere. Yeah. Like, I remember when we got a Panera Bread and a Barnes & Nobles, they just raised, like, an orange grove yeah. that was just green. And I remember driving, it was, like, huge, long streets. Yeah. Oranges and just green and then so a subdivision. So it really wasn't developed at all. It was not developed. It's interesting. When you go back as an adult, do you, are you like kind of hyper aware of how developed it becomes over the years or now it's been like so much time spent out it is because it's like we got i remember getting like the biggest mcdonald's in the world and that oh, was yeah. like you a guys have that thing. mcdonald's that like you can order cadre pepe yeah like the biggest mcdonald's in the world was five minutes from my house i remember getting a chick-fil-a a panera a barnes and noble and that's how like shit got developed. Yeah. Oh, and we got like Roy's, the Hawaiian fish house. Mm -hmm. And like all the homies got jobs there. My boy Austin, I like, got a job at Roy's. Everyone worked at Roy's when it yeah. opened. But that was the type of development we got. But um, when you get out of Orlando even, there every single beach town has ill Floribian cuisine. And even when you go to the more rural parts, mm -hmm. I remember once my dad just like veered off the road on an exit and it looked like a plantation from like straight up 12 years a slave, like a Damn. wild plantation. Yeah. And I was so scared and you drove to this plantation house and that was the first time I ever got pecan crusted chicken. Mm. And it was like in a Southern setting. I was like, whoa, this feels like evil food. Yeah. So my first time having it, I didn't really want it, Yeah. but it You're tasted scared. really good. Yeah. But I was like, yo, I'm like, idealistically opposed even as like a 12 year old to this what was your neighborhood like like were there a lot of people that were florida natives or was it a lot of people that moved there from somewhere else seeking like jobs and business opportunities because it was being so developed from outside it was like you know like how arizona is or las vegas is like yeah. i feel like phoenix orlando and las vegas were sister cities yeah that really did not have that many natives and did not have that much native culture besides native american like mm -hmm. all three of those states had very strong native american culture yeah like we have a ton of like seminole indian reservations osceola stuff like that yeah. same with arizona same with nevada but the influx of business from like las vegas and disney brought tons of people in but like totally. my next door neighbor was new orleans my other homie down the street was Persian. Mm -hmm. Another guy was Dominican. And there's a whole neighborhood of what they call like Mickey Ricans, Puerto Ricans working at Disney. So oh, wow. Disney really just like drove everyone there. Yeah. And there were tons of like New Yorkers that came out. 
Yeah, like, a lot of people from Boston too. Yeah. Caribbean New Yorkers would come because their families from Puerto Rico, Dominican, Jamaica were there and they're like, wait, you got a better life in Florida? Yeah, it's like warm here and there's job opportunities and the cost of living is significantly lower. Yeah. And it was really funny because the New York kids would come and always rep New York dumb hard mm -hmm. and then get in fights with the locals and the locals would win. It was like, I remember there was a <laughs> riot like my junior year because we were doing a pep rally and we had um, Damian Wilkins that year, who was like Gerald Wilkins' son. He was with top like McDonald's All-American. Mm -hmm. So our whole school was like hyped that we had like one of the best players in the nation. We had this ill pep rally and this one like Caribbean New Yorker with like a Yankee on goes, yo, fuck Florida. And it just started this insane fucking fight in the gymnasium and like homie got his ass kicked. It's interesting though that you, like, just because there were so many people that weren't from there, but they still had pride yeah. about where they lived. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, like, even, you know, at the restaurants too, they'll have something like, you know, Cajun redfish. That's like for sure a Louisiana thing. Yeah. So Floribian cuisine was cool because it took a lot of Louisiana cooking. You make it like South Carolina cooking. You make mm -hmm. it like, a chow chow influenced appetizer, you know, fried okay. green tomatoes. Like every Floribian restaurant was different and super cool, but you knew you were going to get coconut shrimp. Mm -hmm. You knew you had to get a grouper sandwich, okay. a cheeseburger, like yeah. a Florida cheeseburger yeah. is like the best Fuddruckers steakhouse burger yeah. you've ever had, but with like an island touch. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like, Big sesame seed bun, big onion, big cheese, big, yeah. big, big lettuce, wide tomato. burger, big lettuce, tomato, and then like a pina colada. I love, like this is, I'm like craving yeah. this. Shit was super fly. Yeah, I remember I went to Tampa a lot as a kid. Tampa got it. There was a lot of things that would like bring you to Tampa. Yeah. Like if you were a gymnast or anything, like there was always a competition in Tampa. Like Little League, I feel like people went to Tampa. Like anytime there was a big, like if you like your sports made it a yeah. little bit, it was Tampa. Yup. And like Disney All-Star. Like Orlando, me and the yeah. homies would wait at Disney All-Star for like, cause they had the cheerleading competitions. Yeah. And we'd find out when the cheerleading competitions I were. I went to that. Yeah. Worlds. Worlds is in uh, Orlando, I think. Yeah, I was probably like 30 when you went. It was like probably not cool for me to pull up yeah. and holler. But you were like, not getting in. Yeah, yeah. They were we like, were not, please don't. We were not Please spoking. don't do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, I remember two of my homies, like their biggest come up was that they went for like the cheerleading thing and met these two baton twirlers. We never remembered That's their crazy. names, but they yeah. like lost their virginity to baton twirlers. Yeah. And it was like the illest thing ever. And everyone was like, yo, yeah. I got to go to the fucking cheerleading competition next year. Well, I remember like it was fun doing that. I used to go with, um, you know, Kelsey. Yeah. So it'd be like me, Kelsey, and one of our other friends and our moms. And obviously like the whole team and the whole thing. But like yeah. we were, we were like the crew mm -hmm. and... The other girl we were friends with was like pretty, she was like a nice girl and wouldn't like leave the hotel at night and go she was sneak not out and laced. do stuff. Kelsey and I were just like on one. Yeah. We'd be at the pool, like trying to meet people. We were like 12. <laughs> I was like trying to get the all-inclusive like drinking bracelet. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, I remember one trip they had to call, we were in like Dominican Republic or like Bahamas or something. Mm -hmm. And they had to, 
they put on like a full search. Like, you know how if someone goes missing, like an Amber Alert? Yeah. Oh, you were Amber Alert. there because we like snuck out and left and they couldn't find us. Wow. And so there was like a big search party looking for us. And we were just on the beach, like talking to some boys. That's hilarious. But no virginities were lost. I thought you were, we were gay then. We were you were talking smart to dudes? Girls. Mm. Well, we were just like having fun. We were just like, mm. we, we wanted to drink. Mm. Interesting change of story here. We were just, we were doing our thing. Mm-hmm. We weren't God, like, but cool. I said no virginities were lost. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like a yeah. sexual thing. Yeah, no. We weren't like, let's go fuck on the beach. My, my homies definitely, definitely did their thing with some baton twirlers. It was, it was pretty interesting. Baton twirlers is giving me like band energy though. So like, I feel like those girls were always a little bit more horny. Yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting thing. They got like busted and had to run out. It was fucking crazy. Damn. It was it was really really incredible and um, what oh jerk wings all right like I would always see NBA players at like Bahama Breeze eating jerk wings like whatever if the Magic <laughs> the Orlando Magic team just at Bahama Breeze yeah. eating jerk wings you would just always see random basketball players or it was like the visiting team they'd stay at like the Peabody Hotel sometimes down the street yeah and they'd end up at Bahama Breeze. And it was like before everybody had jerk wings. That is like a Floridian staple, is jerk wings. I had no idea. Yep. I didn't know y'all were eating jerk wings in Florida. Mm-hmm. We were doing our thing. It's cool. I'm kind of excited to go back to Florida. I am too. Not politically, but just like for this. Yeah. But I really feel like I, w- I don't want to go to... I don't know. Like, I'm not into Miami right now. Politically, Florida is ass. Yeah. Like, I I really politically did, did not fuck with Florida at all as a kid. I think even, it's always been now. this extreme, and then it kind of, like, tapered off, and now it's coming back? Or do you think... So, this is a really good point. This is what I'll say about Florida. This is my theory, mm-hmm. and, like, I live this shit. I yeah. think Florida is an example of like our government and democracy and federalism gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Because what happens in Florida or in Arizona is that you don't have that many people who are here for multiple generations. Yeah, They don't have like a strong native community. So many people are transplants or carpetbaggers. And I think a lot of people have left their families and given up a lot of the shit they care about to go make a living Mm because that's where they can afford to live. Like my parents went because we couldn't afford Virginia. Yeah, My dad couldn't make it there. And um, we went to, we had to go to Florida. Like you don't go for a good reason, you're you're there. But I think when you have a state like Arizona, Florida with a lot of transplants and not that much local history or culture anchoring it, like an older city, New York City, Boston, Mm -hmm. something like that. Most people make their money, aren't around their families, aren't around like a big mm. community they care about. Yeah. So they're like, yo, just just stop taking my money in taxes. I'm good. They're I don't just want looking out for themselves. There's not a community conscious like view. Yeah. They just want to make their money. They don't really care about the, the greater good. No. And there's this feeling and you hear people say it all the time. So like, I did it myself. I pulled it up on my bootstraps. And it's like, yo, homie, I, I feel you. You know, yeah. like, I feel you. you. You came on your own. You left things behind. A lot of times on the way up, they felt like nobody helped them out. 
And then like once they're successful, everybody comes back crawling and yeah. wants something with their hands open. I'm like, look, I feel you, dog. Yeah. But you still have to remember that we all pay into this system. Roads, healthcare, shit like that. You know, like it's yeah. you do have to I think it hurts a country and the world in general when people feel alone yeah. and singular and like I, I did it myself. Sure. Because nobody does it themselves. But that's why. I my... definitely agree with you. Um, but I do think there is some legitimacy to feeling like you've done it yourself. Because, I mean, at this point, there's, like, no health care. People really can't afford anything. So, like, whatever you're doing, you kind of are doing yourself. And I do empathize with that. But, yeah. Yeah, I think the I government mean... has been very ineffective in helping people out. Yes. The way they take our tax money and use it, it's quite ineffective. That's why I can definitely see the perspective of I have done this myself because you yeah. really haven't had help. Like you pay insurance for, you pay these high premiums of insurance and then something happens and you're still paying out of pocket for it. Like there's no, you're not safe in any area of your life, even if you're doing it right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, what am, why am I doing A plus B to get to C when like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, ever since I've been alive, people have been screaming for a third party and I think it makes sense yeah. because when you have a two-party system, they can fuck you. You have a bad choice in the Democrats and liberals where their heart's in the right place, they're trying to help people, but extremely ineffective and like honestly a lot of corruption in the way money is used and spent. Yeah, and then even, you have a worse choice in the Republicans. Yeah, yeah, even when I look at like what Karen Bass is doing, putting homelessness first, I see that. Please solve the homelessness issue. Yeah. Like people can't afford to live in LA, but like renting hotels for people for $100 a night, like on your first day of office, doesn't seem like the best way to do it. Like maybe we should have planned ahead and bought these hotels or roach motels we're putting homeless people into. In that way, not only like are you lowering the price per night because you own the hotel, right? But you're also providing jobs in this FDR New Deal way because then people can get jobs running the hotel, right? And providing services, right? You can actually employ the people you're rehabilitating through that process. Like, okay, cool, you have a room at this hotel, and then if you start doing well enough, maybe you're running the hotel. Maybe you like find a new career path through that. There's yeah. a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm liberal and I really truly believe in social services. I really, really disagree with how it's done and how ineffective it is. Yeah. But I would like urge people who are conservative and are like, I did it myself. Nobody helped me. It's kind of true. But bro, there is a time where you need community. Everybody needs community at some time. Yeah. And if you burn it down, it's very difficult to bring back. Yeah. That's that's my spiel. We're gonna pan fry this fish here. The nut crusted fish. The nut crusted fish. We're gonna pan fry it on each side. All right. This is actually a difficult dish to make. You guys saw how difficult the molding and breading in. It's not just like a chicken tender where you put it in an egg wash, you toss it in some flour, it's rough and it goes. Like if you do this right, you're really molding the shit out of it. And what we're doing here is we want to sear the crust and get it crispy on two sides. Then we're going to broil it to finish. Because if I did it all in the pan, the crust would burn. Mm, we love a good broil in this house. Yeah. And this is the biggest piece. So this, this bad boy is going first. I should have also done what we did at the restaurant back in the day. 
lay some saran wrap down where you put your batter because like the batter will stick and you'll get bold spots like that. But like, this is, this is cool. You pat it, but lay some saran wrap down. It really does just make this better. So here we go. Beautiful. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, wee wow. Mm. I've been playing a lot of like Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, so I just like talk like the characters now. Oh. Wow. wow. Beautiful. Oh. Julius, how excited are you today, bro, for this? <laughs> I really, I saw you do the goddamn face last week when we did the uh, Welsh rare bit burger. What's your, that has anything good. overtaken the pepper steak recipe yet? Is pepper steak still numero uno? I mean, I did like Oh, oh, good, good, Ooh. good. Oh. Oh, my bad. The tuna yeah. one was fire. The poke bowl was good. I always, Damn. whenever we have like a dinner. I King Matt on Yeah. Got you. I always bring up like your ceviche or poke bowl. Yeah. Like you should do that. Thanks, babe. I will do it. Do a couple minutes on each side. Mmm, smells delicious. Yeah. <sighs> Floribian cuisine. Fish fry, nothing, like I really love the smell of fried fish. Me too. There's nothing I actually, from May to September, want more than fried fish. Yo. You a big, are you a seafood fan, Julius? I love seafood. Yo. Yeah. I don't understand fools that don't eat seafood. Like there's a lot of people I know that like don't eat seafood, their parents like, didn't get him into it like early on. Yeah. But I don't know if I could live with someone that was like not into seafood. Yeah, it's odd to me. It's so good. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like seafood. That's the worst when you're like out to dinner with somebody who doesn't like seafood and you're doing kind of Bro. like family style and yeah. you're like, oh, let's get this. And they're like, no. Hell. Let's just do, let's just do the steak and the chicken. It's honestly like potatoes. being in a book club with Floyd Mayweather. I would love to be in that book club. You have no idea. Like, I would love to read that man, Harry Potter. And just experience I bet a book. You cannot read one page of a Harry Potter book. That was crazy. I love 50. Me too. I feel like there has been a 50 renaissance on the internet. Renaissance? I feel like there was never a minute he wasn't relevant on the internet because he's he was like the original Freddie Gibbs on the internet. Yeah, for sure. I love 50, but I felt like after the whole Kanye verse 50 thing, like it's just like cool kids yeah. and like cool guy rap just like went away from him. And I've always been a 50 fan, but I saw like Cormega posting about 50 this week. Yeah. I'd be following Cormega, shouts to Mega. He was like, give 50 his flowers. And I was like, I agree, bro. I agree, flowers. absolutely. I was gonna say, more, like, I feel like it flowers. never stopped. I Pinky's feel like there's been a consistent too. 50 
presence in my life. At I'm least glad I don't know. Maybe agree. Like, I, I just feel like he deserves even more flout. Like fifties. Yeah, like he's, he's everywhere. He's like doing. He has vitamin water. He has fucking everything. But I feel like these art fucks never give Fifty his due. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm but like, like they, no one's checking for their opinion outside. And this is this is truly a thing that like we think about too hard. Where we're like, I got in too this, many art friends. Yeah, we're like in this bubble, and everyone's too cool for shit. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I'm getting out the art, art, art friend bubble, yo. All right, babe. I need you to help me yes. open this broiler. I got you. Go up in there. Is it already on? Mm-hmm. Or do you need me to like... Yeah, no, just open it up. Thank you. Wow, this shit smells after so After me, good. Lee. Damn. Wow, that's... It's like foaming. Yeah. Fuck. Ooh. All right. While we do that... All right. This is mango with uh, lime juice. Juice of two limes and three mangoes cut up. Gonna do a little touch of agave just like that because the mangoes in LA are whack. My mom's famous fermented chili sauce. It's the Sriracha replacement. You see that doggy? Oh. Yeah, we have to talk about that for a second. I mean, we're not giving her yeah. recipe away, but this shit is better than Sriracha. This is the most bomb Sriracha. It's insane. She ferments the chilies herself. Yep, with other things, blends it up. so good. I can't wait till she starts to sell it so then we yeah. can tell people. But that's it, man, yeah. mango salsa. If you don't got a mom like mine, you could use sriracha. You well, can you use probably tobacco, can't you get sriracha, but you can buy, you can buy this use, soon. Yeah, I would use <laughs> sriracha, I would use tapatio, and you could buy from my mom soon. Yeah. All right. If there are any co-packers listening, my mom's looking for a co-packer. She needs a partner because I refuse to partner with my mom on anything. I love her. I love her, but I'm not going to partner with my mom's. Yeah, I feel you. That's not fucked up. Right? I might partner with your mom. Part Yo, you partnering with my mom? I really might phenomenal. partner with your mom. She would um, love to partner with I love you. her vision, and yeah. I, I want to be a part vision. of it. That woman has a strong Me and vision. your mom love all the same shit. Yep. Like, we are very on the same wavelength, in tune with the same stuff. She fucking loves you. That's my girl. And if she wants to make sriracha, I want to make her dream come true. Amazing. This is crazy, babe. This is crazy. I, I would eat just this. Like, if you were oh. just, like, had people over in the summer, like, leave this out. Well, we're doing this now. This is fucking good. Do you want me to put this in a different bowl? No, all good. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's Julius. Wow. This is you, babe. Oh my God, this is crazy. Get you in a second. Oh, yeah. And the foaminess and all that is just from the mayonnaise, but it's fine. Like everything Floribian cuisine, gets a little like blackened and shit like that. Oh my gosh. It's delicious. All right, I'm gonna finish this up for everybody. Oh yeah. I say we take bites, right? Mm -hmm. We all take our bites, then we stop down. 
so that Julius can eat this hot and then we will pick up the conversation. How about that? I love that. I say, get our initial reactions eating, stop down for Julius, then right big hit it. How about that, Julius? God. He likes hot food. Everyone guy, likes hot food. My guy likes hot food. What other pod is looking out for the cinematographer like this? We eat hot food. Yup. My, my man's eats hot food. Oh, man. You guys, I feel like we need to get some limeade popping with this. And also since we do it, yeah, limeade. Yeah. And, and also, Julius, since we're getting hot food, I'm gonna need you to talk about the food too, my G. Ooh. I'm gonna need, when we come back, we're gonna get notes from Julius. Oh, but we'll my start God. here. I'm gonna keep Julius as hot. Okay. Sure about that. Yup. Sure about that. Sure about that. I'm positive. Positive, bro. All right, babe, wow. you got the limeade? I'm gonna grab it. Okay. We can also do whatever you want. For sure. I'm just taking a photo of this. Yeah. Oh, that's fly. Okay. In true, I'm gonna do this and then you can take a photo. In true Floribian fashion, I remember in our restaurant, Yeah. we were always stacking it onto the rice like oh bang well that's what i was gonna do but pick it up. for it's the photo hot. it's too hot the photo's great oh yeah just like that this is how we did it just like that wow mango salsa wow Plated. Yeah, I could have plated it better. I definitely could have, should have plated it better, but in my in my house, I'm just like, what am I doing? I don't care. We got that Simply Limeade. I feel like that's gonna set this off. Oh, yes. I love it. Okay. I love it. Wow. It definitely looks like one of those plates that dudes post their baby moms made for them. Like, oh, my baby mom's cooked it up. My favorite um, genre of meme on the internet is when people like have the most foul plate and they'll be like, damn, my girlfriend, like she fucking loves me. She holds it down and it's like hot dogs with like, just like the worst shit. Okay, first bite. Straight up taste of Florida. It's taking you back right now. Oh yeah. Okay, I wanna get a little bit of everything mm. in this fiber. Wow. This is crazy. I love nut crusted food, yo. Me too. Fuck. <laughs> you gotta get that nut crust. Mm. No, I've really Damn. never had fish like this. <clears throat> the pecans really just add like a rich base note to it. Mm-hmm. Super refreshing. Very islandy. Mm-hmm. How's the coke? The coconut rice too grain by grain. Mm-hmm. Which is with like the coconut, with mm -hmm. the pecan and the mango, and the cilantro. 
This was nailed. The one thing I think I would do next time, to be honest with fools, is I would make like a Cajun mayonnaise to go with it. Like if I mixed up the Jezebel sauce mm -hmm. with some Cajun mayonnaise, that would be fire. Yeah, I could see that being good. But this is really good. This is just so simple and straightforward and really good. Incredible. And this is a classic, what they would serve on the side. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, Julius, let's break. Get into it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Skewed angle here. Mm -hmm. Babe, how did you feel? One of your best dishes. Thank you. Summer, like, this makes me want to go to Florida. Mm. I mm. loved it. Mm. It is very filling, though. The... The nut crust makes it dense. Julius, what'd you think? Let me say top three, maybe. Oh, damn. Three. Ooh, what's the top three looking like now? Steak, the poke bowl, and this. Mmm. God damn. Those are solid three. Yeah. I like that. You're yeah. real bon vivant, dog. Yeah, take that home. This is good. I love it. Any Any tasting notes? <laughs> I would say second best nut I've had in my mouth. Thank you, babe. First being Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I could bottle it up for you. We could, we can drizzle it over the next piece of fish. This <laughs> nut grew into something, you know? Yeah, but that one wasn't in my mouth. That was somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. All right. We are back. We love it. We are Part back. Part two is about to get real spicy here. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, we did Floribian cuisine. I love this. We have so many bevs right I'm now. I'm excited to bring you to Orlando. I'm excited to go to Orlando, but I'm like, I love the Keys. The Keys? And I okay, love, you get even better better like, Floribian there. Orlando's like, I'll take you to a, a pub or an alehouse or like a local dive, and they'll have like bits and pieces of Floribian cuisine, yeah. and you cobble it together, or like Cuban restaurants, got yeah. fire shit. But Miami and the Keys really, they got that shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to go to Orlando and like see your life as a yeah. kid, you know? Yeah. But 
Orlando got sure. good Lebanese food, Palestinian food, uh, Cuban food. That's Puerto Rican Dominican. Cuban Puerto Rican Dominican isn't surprising to me, but Lebanese and Palestinian is very surprising to me. Yeah. I had no idea it was like so hard to get because they had this place called Middle East Market. Yeah. It was all Palestinian people and that food was crazy good. Interesting. Crazy fucking good. Interesting. I mean, Orlando for how conservative Florida feels to yeah. me now just as an outsider, it's so interesting to me that there's so many big communities of Lebanese, Palestinian, yeah, Dominican, Puerto Rican and I mean it's just like it's interesting. But that was the shit that was weird growing up was, and I didn't realize it till I went to New York, mm -hmm. was that we had, oh, we have fire Vietnamese food. Like wow. the Vietnamese food in downtown Orlando yeah. is out of control. Like rivals the shit out here in Westminster or Gardena wow. and stuff like that. But like you would have all these different groups, Yeah. but people were for the most part quite conservative. You know, like... They didn't because there wasn't this like larger community to be a part of. Yeah, everyone you were in your own pocket. Yeah, and everyone kept the money in their own like neighborhood or family. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it was interesting. But Well, um, I know we wanted to talk about regional cuisines. Yeah. Because I've not seen, I've seen like so little of the United States. I think I've seen East Coast, Texas, Florida, Carolinas, and like... Yeah. The West Coast. I've never seen the middle. And there's so many like hyper regional cuisines. And I feel like Guy Fieri does a really good ex job kind of like highlighting these regional cuisines, but I've never experienced them. Yeah. I think Guy Fieri is probably the best at it. Yeah. And it's like, but I would say for you, you do have a lot of New England regional. Like, for instance, like, no, Maine, we do for sure. You know, lobster rolls, clam chowders, like the roast beef restaurants that we have. Um, even just like we have a Greek style pizza. That I you would even say New England ice cream is on mm -hmm. another level. Like, yeah. look, Ben and Jerry's is huge and big now, and it's just like everywhere. Yeah. But I remember growing up being like, "Yo, there's a Ben and Jerry's. You can get Ben and Jerry's here." Like, but ben even and better fire. than Ben and Jerry's, which the I didn't local shit. realize is yeah, the local shit is really crazy. Like we have, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. It's in this town called Middleton, which yeah. is like kind of a farm town. Um really beautiful it's called richardson's yeah and you go and you pull up and get your ice cream but there's literally like cows in the back you That's can go crazy. you can go look and see the cows like i would get ice cream go walk in the back look and see the cows and there's like a mini golf place and a driving range so it's this Damn. whole like built up farm but there's so many places like that where they're doing homemade ice cream and it's just like the shit that you can't get here and i talk about this all the time in la because i will be like I'm craving ice cream. We can't. You, we have to and go have here to Handles or Hans. Hans. That's it. Yes, but like all we have in straw. LA proper is like salt and straw, Jenny's, which Jenny's is great, but I don't sometimes want I want ice cream. Do you yeah. know, I, like I don't want the like voodoo donuts of ice cream. No, like, it's like hibiscus shit. with like rose water drizzled with honey. Nah. Like I'm like sometimes I just want Rocky Road. When I go to Cape Cod or mm -hmm. I go to a beach town. I'm just like, yeah. yo, give me Rocky Road, rum raisin, pistachio, yes. cookies and cream. Like yeah. the cookies and cream from like a local yeah. creamery. I also want to smell the waffle cone being made. Oh. I When I walk in, I need to smell the waffle cones. Like if there's no sign of that, I don't know that I want to be there. 
Yo, like Santa Barbara on the boardwalk, there's a really good ice cream place yeah. there. That one is fire. Hans in Orange County, yeah. fire. Orange County has good ice cream. And then I would say Pittsburgh, Dave and Andy's ice cream in Pittsburgh, out of fucking control. Never been. I think I went to the Richardson place you're talking about on the Cape Cod episode because we were driving through Massachusetts. Mm, probably not. But I mean, there was a farm in Cape Cod. It was like a farm with an ice cream place. That's what I'm saying. There's that so many good. of them. You definitely didn't go to Richardson's because it's like so far away. But yeah. um, that's just regular in yeah. Massachusetts. Like very common. Massachusetts ice cream, very underrated, I would say. And then, you know, regional too is like, you wouldn't think like Michigan has the best Jewish deli you've ever seen. But like yeah. Zingerman's in Ann Arbor, for sure. Best Jewish deli. Mm -hmm. And then where where else have I been? Where Oh, like when I went to Ole Miss, yeah. like Taylor Catfish on the Mississippi River, one of the best things I've ever tasted. Yeah, And I did like a cooking night with them where they made their like catfish yeah. and I made Szechuan catfish out of like these gas powered walks wow. on the Mississippi River. Yeah, That shit was fire. And I would say like, if you're in the border of like, Utah, New Mexico, you get really ill kind mm. of like Native American, Mexican food. Yeah. And then I'm in a Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex is very regional I really as well. like Tex-Mex for sure. Yeah. I, I like Tex-Mex driving around the border, like El yeah. Paso and shit, you get good Tex-Mex. Yeah. New Orleans, New Orleans is like crazy. Asian. Everybody yeah. knows about it. But yeah. when I go with Elena back to New Orleans, go to like Clancy's. Mm -hmm. Their seafood is out of control. And they got like different critters, like crawfish and mm -hmm. shit like that. Yeah. Fire. No, I love that. I love that about just, and that's what I mean. It's like, I want to experience so many of these places because I've never been. I mean, I've never been to anywhere. Driving through California, I think the fun shit that we did was picking fruit. Yeah. Like, I do love picking fruit and then cooking with it or preserving it. Mm -hmm. Then where, where else have I been with really good food? South Carolina, I was like chow say, chow seafood. Yeah, and I was also gonna say like the Carolinas and Texas and like just the way that they do barbecue so different, it's yeah. regional to every state. Like yeah. the barbecue you're gonna get in North Carolina is gonna be completely different than the barbecue in Austin. Yeah, and and I like Texas barbecue. Austin yeah. got great barbecue. Yeah. It's I think because it became so big everywhere that it's less interesting to me. Mm. I remember going to Memphis, like Memphis mm. got fire dry barbecue, mm -hmm. but the thing that they had that I would crave was barbecue spaghetti. Oh. So they made like an ill barbecue spaghetti. Yeah. St. Louis, I went to fried raviolis, like That's crazy fire. fried yeah. raviolis. That's fire. And Memphis had this burger joint called Ernestine and Hazel's that used a little pickle juice, like searing their burger patties. That that was one of the best things I've ever had. Yeah. Like yeah. Elvis got fat because of Memphis. Like that cuisine, it's like the well, Philadelphia of the like South. Well, fried yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwiches and shit. Like, yeah. I don't know, like he was, he was a fat man. I fuck with him. Like it, he had a fat man's soul. Fat man style, yeah. Which I, you know I fuck with that. Yeah. I feel like that is, yeah, I identify fat with that style. for sure. You got to be. Yeah. Like yeah. I would eat a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm like definitely missing something. Okay, when I go through like Colorado, Colorado's interesting. It's not my favorite cuisine. Yeah. But you'll always end up in some steakhouse with like 
weird game meats like rattlesnake and rabbit or buffalo and like as a kid i used to think that shit was like cool to see feels like the joe rogan of steakhouse it's yeah the joe rogan steakhouse <clears throat> is in like colorado okay for sure yeah. <laughs> where else have Man. you ever eaten alligator i had tons of alligator as a kid because mm -hmm. my dad had it as an appetizer at cattleman's yes Gator like bites. so florida yeah i've never had it my only reference is um, Bobby Boucher in The Waterboy when his mom has everyone over for dinner and she just like fucking has like the fried alligators and she's like putting them on everyone's plate. Do you remember like, when I showed you my first ever appearance in anything was as an extra in The Waterboy? That's so when crazy. When he goes down, when Bobby Boucher goes <laughs> down. Can you see you? Yeah, and they pan to the stands. It's me and my boy Josh I mm -hmm. went to go be extras in Waterboy at the Citrus Bowl. And I'm wearing, I did it just to rep the University you, of Michigan. There's I have some a cosmic shit hat about on. this. I will tell you after. I have a Wolverine's bucket hat and John Paul Gaudier pewter yeah. sunglasses. Yeah. And you see me for a half second, but like I'll pull it up and show you. You know what's crazy cosmic about that? What? So I wasn't an extra, but Adam Sandler loves where I'm from. Like he loves Marblehead. Oh, word. he loves the North Shore. He loves that. He like rents a house and stays in Marblehead for like the summers. And he filmed, I think it's like Grown Ups. He filmed like three of them there. And all my friends, like I think even like my cousins, like all have been extras in those movies because they just film in our towns. That's wild. Like they're so like he just will film them in everyone's like in the North Shore. It's like small. There's only like a handful of towns. He's just always there filming. I and I have so many friends who have been extras and like post pictures of him and be like, oh, he's so nice because he'll like chill and hang out with everyone after. Yeah, yo, I love yeah. an Adam Sandler production. Same. And like the Fonz was on it. Mm -hmm. Like, because the Fonz was the coach. I and mean, like that movie was like stacked. It was the whole crew that he always has and it's fucking incredible. Yeah, Henry Winkler's in it. And then funny enough, the second episode of Fresh Off the Boat was directed by his son. That's so cosmic. Yeah. It's, life is life is crazy. Life is definitely yeah. like a simulation. I saw Adam Sandler in Brentwood a couple, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I was like, I love this man. He was just in his gym shorts, like eating. I was I like, you're him. so ill. I would like the ball with the Sandman. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. my, I would love to play ball with him. Yeah, but like, I'm trying to think. I definitely got into a lot of regional American <clears> cuisine <throat> just because anytime I traveled, I refused to eat something I'd had before. Yeah. And and I think that's the ill thing to like young people traveling or even even if you're old now, it's just like don't go eat something you already had. Yeah. Unless it's like, oh, I can get the best version of it here. You should really take advantage of every single meal when you're traveling to be like, yo, I got I have something different. You know what I wish was a thing? Like <laughs> you know how when you travel internationally, eating at fast food, like eating at the McDonald's yeah. is such an adventure because you're like, oh my God, it's it's this country's McDonald's. Like, I yeah. wish we had that regionally. Like, I wish more places would have, like, imagine a McDonald's in Massachusetts that had the lobster yeah. roll. And then, yeah. like, one in Florida that had hush puppies. Yeah. And then one in New Mexico that had, like, a crazy chili. Yeah. That would be so tight. I feel like so many more people would be exposed to shit. Yeah. And I'm going to get nerdy for a second because I really like to study federalism. Mm -hmm. And federalism is the thing that basically Republicans and Democrats are always fighting over. Yeah. But it's the idea that like states are laboratories and yeah. states should have identities. Yeah. And I'm very much about protecting 
state culture with federalism yeah, for and sure. having regionalism yeah. and like even forcing business like big franchises like mcdonald's to be like yo right conform you gotta, to the culture here yeah you mm -hmm. maybe you gotta have like one or two items representing this state yeah. or like use things from this state yeah if you're like gonna like sell this to the people in this state the problem with federalism is the republicans use it to be like oh we should have our own opinion on abortion yeah you know, we should have sinister. our own, uh, uh, own yeah own opinion on slavery yeah. like jim crow shit yeah that's what they use federalism for but federalism is actually very very interesting if you use it to experiment with like preserving culture and creating your own state culture uh -huh. like you know conservatives may look at oregon now and the like free drug laws they're passing and be like yeah. look see liberals are experimenting with laws and drug culture like it's not working that well, yeah. but I'm not opposed to an experiment like that. No. Right? Like you're experimenting with like a wire Amsterdam free drug zone. Mm -hmm. The photos I'm seeing, it doesn't look great, but like I did think it was a really good idea. Yeah, I think it's definitely cool that it happened and that there's a place where like you can experiment with it. It's sad that it isn't going well, yeah. but I do agree with you. Yeah, because they're in just like less sinister ways. Like, yes, the anti-abortion and all these things are very dark. But in some ways, I've seen it play out in smaller towns. And I can only speak for Massachusetts, where it's even on such a minor level where it's um, the Dunkin Donuts can't use it's like can't use the facade that it would usually use. It kind of has to fit into the town. So it's like the Starbucks and the Dunkin Donuts, Marblehead and Nahant in Massachusetts, they have to conform to like the local culture and what it looks like. They can't like stand out and just have their normal branding and shit. It's like very ingrained because they're like, we don't really want to have these fast food places. We want to like preserve the local restaurants and keep small businesses intact. And if you're going to do it, you have to do it this way. And I think that's really smart and respectful to the people that are, you know, operating their businesses there. Yeah. So do you think on like a bigger, larger scale that would be great yeah and like i thought about it a lot before we did this episode because we're going into an election year mm -hmm. and like when i think about floribian cuisine my mind is weird i start to think about this shit you know oh, yeah. and I, I start to think about like all right i'm into decriminalization but you need education people need like yeah psychiatric help social welfare like there's a homelessness issue so i'm just like decriminalizing to me is great it's a good idea but then like what else are you supporting it with yeah it's almost like i got a great script but then you need a director you need a dp we need actors like yeah it's never just one thing but For i sure. i do find the argument around this fucked up in our country because when i read about the oregon drug-free zone you have conservatives like look you stupid liberals you let these people go on drugs people can't do this they have no self-control the liberals are like no, stay away. Decriminalization. We don't want more cops. You yeah. know? And I'm just like, we should all see that neither side has a complete and accurate argument. And it's because we only have two sides. Yeah. Well, that's why. Like, because even if there are truths on either side, that both of they will never be recognized by the other side. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So it'll always be villainize this entire ideology and villainize this entire ideology and don't take what works from both. Because there are things that maybe work from both sides and implemented correctly. Like if there was a third party or there was somebody who could just say like, okay, you're right on that. Like this is a little too crazy, but let's not go all the way and reform everything. Yeah. There could be a way for it to work. 
And through my work on Wong's World, mm -hmm. I sat down with a lot of what I thought were insane psycho conservatives. Yeah. And like when the cameras are off, they will acknowledge like, I know this is crazy, but I just like, I got to fight for it because if I say this, then you're going to say that. Yeah. And the political argument is just like any family argument you have at home where the fear of losing yeah. is so strong that you're just trying to win the argument mm -hmm. and you don't acknowledge the truth in the other side. Yes, and I think now it's scary to express any feeling that doesn't completely identify with your party. Yeah. So people do get caught up in that. Yeah. Like you cannot say if you're a conservative, um, like what is it now? There's there's people in the conservative party being like they're um, like closeted like liberals and shit or like rhinos or something yeah, they're yeah, calling yeah. them because they'll say one thing in favor of something that a, that the Democratic Party or a liberal would be in favor of. And it's like, you should be able to have a more complex view of your politics. Like, it doesn't need to be so black and white. It doesn't need to be so set in stone. And that's where I think a lot of these conversations just aren't productive because you can't agree or disagree with something without being completely labeled and discredited. Yeah, and it becomes this, like, moral argument. Everything is a moral argument. Yeah. If you're on that side, you're bad. You're on this side, you're good. I'm like... It's really not that simple. Like yeah. there's good people and bad people on both sides. Like sure. we should understand the mechanisms of this country and how it works. And I would really encourage everybody to read about fucking federalism because federalism underlies so much of your lifestyle and quote unquote freedom in this country Aww. and the laws people passed from state to state versus the federal <clears throat> government is, is really at the core of everything people yeah. are arguing about. Like every single argument in America, there's a federalism mechanism, federalism mechanism underneath it. Not not to bore you guys. We don't have a guest today, so now all I talk about is food and politics. But this is the shit yeah. that's interesting to me. As well as, I've been asking you about this because I thought you may have an answer. We're all kind of stumped in this room, but like the Taylor Swift, I feel like it's a resurgence because there's always been an insane amount of Swifties, mm -hmm. but I have never seen this many homies that I know and like yeah. people who I just felt like their taste <laughs> was not in the Swifty camp or all mm -hmm. at like Taylor Swift shows, like all of a sudden this summer. Yeah, I have a few theories on that. Would, would okay, so it is kind of crazy because Taylor Swift was has always been, she's always been like have a huge audience, huge fan base, right? Like that's not new. Yeah. And there kind of has always been whenever she's on tour, this whole production around it yeah. like everyone's going they're posting it's hard tickets to get like i guess they seem whatever. to always time her with beyonce you know what i mean it's like either you're taylor swift or you're beyonce which is also interesting to me which like i will get into but i don't know i'm not a swifty yeah i literally texted everyone i know today that would be like i would think would be interested that like go to concerts a lot or like interested in seeing live music and i was like hey what's up with the taylor swift thing like are you a swifty Everyone hit me back and said, no, <laughs> I am yeah. not. So I don't know anyone who is. It's like hard for me to understand it. I don't dislike her at all. I think she's talented, but this is fucking crazy. There's people I've seen recently, like at dinners or whatever, wearing like Taylor Swift merch. And I'm like, you're into it? And yeah. they're like, yeah, it's fucking Taylor Swift, bro. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this before to me. I think it's the price of tickets and how hard it is to get 
Yeah. That is making it a thing. Almost like okay. caviar. Like tons yeah. of people I know, they eat caviar sushi. They don't have the palate for it. They can't even understand it, yeah. but they want it because it's expensive. Real Housewives of New York, first thing. two episodes. Shout out. Yeah. Um, so A, I think it's a form of social currency. Like if you're at a Taylor Swift show, where are you at? Like, are you in the nosebleeds? Still super expensive. But like, are you in VIP? Like, are you Channing Tatum wearing a fucking Swifty shirt? I think it is social currency and that's part of it. Is it ironic? I, is it no. tendence ironic? I don't no? think it's ironic. I think there's definitely like a fear of missing out situation happening. Yeah. Like I don't maybe, I think like, like maybe not everyone. Like a artist of our generation we're missing. I guess, but I think maybe not everyone's a super fan, but like this seems like a really fun cultural moment. And I do think like the internet has fostered this ideology that like if you if something's really fucking popping and you like aren't a part of it are you missing out yeah you know i don't think people want to feel like they're missing out but secondly or thirdly i think this is her heiress tour she re-recorded everything taylor's version and i think this tour maybe is getting more support from people because they want to support her in that journey it's a little is it is it a little akin to like the Britney Spears renaissance in like 08, 09, when it was like Yeah, when it Britney. felt like that started, it could be. I don't know. I'm just or curious, it, I'm Or it could just be that she's like an incredible performer and that I don't, and it's not for me and I don't get it. That's the one argument I'm not gonna buy because I see clips of this and I'm like, this looks like my auntie running across the stage in know. glitter, you know? know? And I'm like, maybe it's also because people are so hate Kanye now for good reason. And it's like Kanye did her dirty. I just can't see, like, I cannot see a world in which I would hate Kanye West so fucking much that I would spend $600, whatever the fuck they cost, to go see Taylor Swift. Can we like, look at Taylor's chart? Maybe the chart has some, maybe like... Her astrological chart? Yeah, maybe there's something exalted okay. this year for her. Um, let's see, Taylor Swift. The astrologists in the comments, please Nail let us chart. know. Everyone oh. in the comments is gonna be like, this shit is so LA. You guys are so LA. <laughs> I'm, whatever. I'm trying to figure out why people okay. that never like Taylor Swift are fucking Swifties this summer. I don't think we have a rising sign. Oh, we do. Okay. Interesting. Sun and Sag, Moon and Cancer, Scorpio rising. With that, with that Astrologically, I don't really know because it's like we have a Venus retrograde okay. in Leo happening right now. We have a Mercury retrograde about to happen in Virgo. We're like in Leo season. So I don't see anything like why she would be popping. If anything, this makes sense for Beyonce to be so fucking popping yeah. right now, which I do get. And then also, I don't know if I'm like reaching with this, but... Is it because Beyonce's tour is happening at the same time? And she has such a big community. And I mean, Beyonce is arguably so much better as a performer. I would say her, her catalog is so much better. Like any Beyonce song kicks the shit yeah. out of a Taylor Swift song. It's, not, it's like Diana Ross versus like... I don't even who? have a comp. I don't have a comp because like, there's no one I know that I would like put Shania down. Shania Twain? Like Shania Twain's kind oh, of Oh, I, I fucking Shania love Twain's Shania Twain. Kind of who would be like... It's That's Diana what I'm saying. Ross I don't versus... know who to say in this because there's like who. Like, I don't think anyone touches Diana Ross just like in this generation, Beyonce, like as a big box performer, I don't think it's touched. Beyonce knows how to put on a show. She knows like, she's doing show. everything. Her visuals, her dancers, her whole production, like just yeah. like her stance. She's had three kids. 
she's still on that like ha- having maybe her best shows now versus if you look yeah. back like 10 years ago i'm like oh this is the same like she's going hard so i don't know if it's just like oh we're gonna support the fuck out of taylor swift because beyonce is getting all the like i don't know what it is it, would, it doesn't make sense. It could make sense too, because I've never seen the country this divided. Yeah, like you know, is it is it that is that what's happening? It could be. I wanted to ask the question. We don't have fucking answers. Yeah. But if people got opinions, we want we want to know. Also, if you're a Swifty, we are not like we are not coming for you. We're I not, get I get that she she does her thing. I think the music is ass. I really do. I've never heard a Taylor Swift song where I'm like, oh word. I could listen to that. Like, I got Spice Girls songs I listen to. Yeah, that's true. You know, like Spice Girls got at least three bangers that I fuck with. You want to know an interesting fact about Taylor Swift? What? I don't know if this is true, but I read this somewhere. I feel like the Swifties are gonna come for us, but I don't care. When her first album came out, so she's from like a wealthier family. Like, I think they had a little bit of money or something. They grew up on like a Christmas tree farm, (laughs) and her first album came out. Her dad like bought a hundred thousand copies or something interesting and like got it to chart i don't know if this is true i really don't know if this is true i read that because i was always interested in like where this girly popped up from that is that is this week's episode we're gonna have a lot of these solo ones coming up Mm -hmm. you guys got some shit you want to see us cook talk about whatever let us know questions we'll answer topics and we've been seeing the messages to start a patreon wifey is on it Oh, yeah. She on it. We're doing it. All right. Thank you, my G's. Bye. The Swifties are going to come get us. It'll be funny. They're going to come get us. It'll be funny. They're going to take our son, make him listen to teardrops on our guitar.